Just you and me this week. Uh, we are going to be breaking down the NFC division by division and trying to determine uh, which teams we think are going to rise to the top, which teams are going to sink to the bottom, and we'll compare against the uh, Sports Illustrated issue that came out not too long ago that had the division rankings in them. Are you all ready to go? That sounds exciting. What division do you want to start with? We are going to start with the NFC East. Now, Kyle, tell me, how do you think that the NFC East is going to pan out this year? I think the champs are going to remain on top, sad to say. But they got the best quarterback situation, and that alone cannot win you a division. Uh, I listened to your episode where you're talking about Aaron Rodgers uh, with Jacob, and I totally agree. As long as you have the best quarterback situation, you always got a chance to win the division. I don't have really any strong opinions on the order. It kind of seems like a lot of things we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I want to say... Giants, Cowboys, Redskins. Okay, and that's fair. You know, uh, NFC East, I also have the Eagles coming out on top. I actually, I'm predicting them to go 13-3 and three this year. The top's number one seed in the NFC uh, as a that's whole. That's a lot of wins. That is a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. But the way I look at it, you get uh, MVP caliber quarterback Carson Wentz coming back. If he's not ready to go, they still have Nick Foles, who, you know, I don't, I don't think he could do it for a season. But we've seen he can certainly do it for a handful of games and play at a very high level. So you add that into the fact that they have an excellent offensive line. They've got some good offensive weapons, uh, but that defense, yeah, defense was great last year. Uh, it's only got another year of experience under its belt. They brought in some new players. Um, that defense looks ready to go. <clears throat> and I just don't see any way that the Eagles don't finish on top of the NFC. East they had a little bit of a, a coaching shakeup a little bit. Do you think they'll, especially that offense will sustain? Well, you know, with the offensive coordinator going to Minnesota, uh, it's going to be a change. Uh, the nice thing with the head coach uh, remaining, uh, he'll be able to uh, keep most of the same philosophies uh, w- with their new offensive coordinator. So we might see a little slower start to the season. Uh, but I think uh, by the midpoint, especially at the end of the season, they're just going to be rolling on all cylinders and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, during the season in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I'll have to agree. I don't know if they're going to get quite 13 wins. That's a lot of wins, but we'll see. Who do you think will finish second? So second, I actually am predicting the Washington Redskins. Now, the reason I have them going 10-6 and six 10 and is 10-6. Simp- and six. Ten and six. Uh, I actually think the East is going to be a fairly competitive division uh, this year, and you know I think it really starts at 
at quarterback. Uh, I think Alex Smith is perfect for that team. I don't know if anybody's going to be worried about the Washington Redskins, but I do think that they're going to be a solid enough team where they're going to win the games that they're supposed to, and they're also going to win a couple games here and there that nobody predicts them to win. And they're going to be kind of a surprise team. And I think part of that is because after the Eagles, the rest of the NFC East is just kind of man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, um, I do have Dallas in third. I think Dad, Dak Prescott is okay. Uh, I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott obviously is a an amazing talent at running back. They have a great offensive line. Uh, defense, uh, there's nothing on that defense that would scare me. I, I think that they're an average team, and I think that they'll finish with, with an average record. Have you seen All or Nothing on Amazon? I have not. It's like Hard Knocks, but it, it, uh, it's the Amazon version, and they follow the Cowboys around. Yeah, people keep telling me I need to watch that, and I really, I probably should. I watched like half of it. It's not bad. I don't know exactly what Jason Garrett does, but... Whatever Jerry Jones asks him to do. Honestly, the only thing I saw him actually doing was he plays little like throwing games with Dak Prescott. They set up a bucket or something in the stands and they try to like knock it off and stuff like that. That's like the most extensive coaching I saw him doing. Nice. Yeah, that's that's probably about the extent of it, too. I just I, I have this vision of him being Uncle Rico and sitting out there, you know, <laughs> just just wanting to relive his glory days so he's having these throwing competitions that's funny <laughs> yep yeah coach would have put me in we would have <laughs> won state you know that type of thing uh <laughs> so so i think the the redskins are going to be a little bit better than most anticipate this year and the giants you know i just i i'm not a, a believer in eli they got Saquon Barkley, which I think was a horrible draft pick. Really? Why is that? That's kind of a hot take. It kind of is. Uh, you know, my theory there, I, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a good running back in the NFL. Um, there were some issues I saw in college. I mean, he had a lot of games where he was shut down, but then he had, you know, a handful of games where he just explodes, and that's all that people really see. The and, dude squatted like 500 pounds. Did you not yeah, see the I mean, video? He's a, he's a beast. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. It's crazy. The problem is, and, and this might just because be because I'm a Vikings fan, and so I got to watch the career start to finish of Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs in the history of the National Football League. And what did Minnesota do when they had Adrian Peterson? Nothing. Right. Yeah. So I think as good as Saquon Barkley could potentially be, he's still a running back. And at the end of the day, running back, if you have a ranking of what positions actually matter to winning football games, running back is unfortunately pretty low. So I really thought that the Giants were going to go quarterback uh, to get their quarterback in the future. They didn't. They believe in Eli. They want that running back. Obviously, they have Odell. Uh, they've got a few pieces on that defense, but I think in all, there's nothing about the Giants that scares me. Do you think uh, Odell's going to stick around, or do you think they're going to trade him? <sighs> you know, that's a tough question. I I think Odell loves playing in New York. I don't know. You know, I think he would take a trade to a, a winning team, but at the end of the day, I, I think Odell is just one of those pieces where. 
unless he tells you, I want out. I think you do everything you can to keep him. I think he's more important to their success than Saquon Barkley is. You know, I think he's extremely important to the franchise, like in the eyes of the nation. Yeah. He's like the, one of the, amongst kids, like one of the most popular players in the league. And that's kind of a valuable asset to have. It really is. It really is. And and that's very true. He's kind of the face of their franchise. Uh, so you don't, you don't let them go without doing everything that you can to hold on to them. You know, <clears throat> the more we talk about it, I might, I might even put the, the giants last. <laughs> their defense is terrible. It's, it's not good. It really isn't. You know, they've got a good safety. But I, I think uh, Eli still got it, though. I, I mean, I don't see him dropping off drastically from what he did last year. And last year is fine. Not fine, but I mean, he, yeah. was, he wasn't bad. And also, they got Pat yeah, Shermer he's, coming he's in, who you're familiar with. And I think he's a really, really good offensive coordinator, which will translate to their system well if he can make case keenum look like god imagine what he can do with eli manning there's no doubt eli manning is a better quarterback than case keenum uh you know one thing to consider uh eli is 37 years old and i know for quarterbacks you hear tom brady talking about playing until he's 45 and you know i mean aaron Rodgers is 34 ben roethlisberger's 36 so he's not too old but he is old for the quarterback position in today's nfl yeah that's true favorite division the nfc north now the nfc north to me is going to be the toughest division in the nfc i personally and again i'm I'm a big vikings fan but i've got the vikings coming out on top of the nfc north they went 13 and 3 last year they upgraded at quarterback they upgraded at defensive line they didn't lose any big pieces um uh, they get their running back, Delvin Cook back. I just I don't see any way that they fall off a cliff. I'm not saying they're going to reach that 13 and three mark that they did last year. That's a tough mark to reach, but I see them winning winning the division. Um, I also have them uh, second in the NFC uh, as a whole, uh, getting that bye week going into the playoffs. Now coming in second behind Minnesota, I have Green Bay. Now. Green Bay as a team, you know, I've talked about this before, and I will talk about this until I'm blue in the face. Green Bay's roster is not good. Okay, The only reason that they're going to finish second in the division and probably make the playoffs is because the guy behind center, Aaron Rodgers, is the best quarterback in the National Football League. Now, you take him away, we saw what happened last year. They're not a good team. But with him... He can make up for so many deficiencies on the rest of that roster uh, that it doesn't really matter what else you have around him. He's going to get that team uh, into playoff contention. Third, I've got the Detroit Lions coming out of the NFC North. I think the Lions are a team that everybody sleeps on. I think Matt Stafford is a very good quarterback. I think uh, you know he puts up stats every year. Uh, they've got a new head coach this year, Matt Patricia from the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. It might take him a year or two, but I, I think uh, 
I think he's a good coach, uh, and I, I think he's going to get that team uh, back into playoff contention and fighting um, <clears throat> eventually down the road uh, for, to be the top in the NFC North. Um, and last, coming in last, I do have the Chicago Bears last in the division. I think if they're in any other division, that they would be right up there being talked about a lot. The fact that they're in the North and you've got the Vikings, you got the Packers, you even got the Lions. It's going to be hard for the Bears to do much, but I do have them uh, finishing slightly below uh, eight and eight. I've, I'm actually projecting them to be seven and nine this year. I think Trubisky takes a step forward. I think Matt Nagy gets that offense rolling. I think they've got they had a top ten defense last year. It's young. It's getting better. Uh, the Bears are another team that I think uh, people sleep on. I have it. As far as rankings go, exactly the same. Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. Um, I have a lot of the same feelings that you brought up. I think the Vikings, I think they're going to be good. I'm assuming you have the Eagles as the number one team in the NFC. I could could honestly see a rematch of of the conference game from last year. Vikings, Eagles. One thing to look out for, uh, week five, the Vikings go to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Now, that's going to be the game of the week, no doubt. You know, as a Vikings fan, I want to say that they would go into that NFC Championship game and dominate to make up for how they got dominated the year, you know, last season. The realist in me knows that Philadelphia is a hard place to play, especially in January. And that game. I, my confidence would be low going into that game, especially if they have Carson Wentz playing. But I do think, uh, I think you're right. I think those are the two best teams in the NFC, and I could very well see them having to rematch NFC Championship game. You can never count up Aaron Rodgers, though. I think Packers fans that are listening to this will probably have a lot of things to say, and they're right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... <laughs> is the man like he is you guys were talking the other week about LeBron and the equivalent to the NFL I think it's Aaron Rodgers I think Aaron Rodgers could take any franchise in the league to the Super Bowl regardless of the roster yeah I completely agree you know you think off the top of your head when you think of the worst franchises in the NFL mine automatically goes to Cleveland Browns right but you put Aaron Rodgers in Cleveland and all of a sudden I like Cleveland's roster that would be surrounding him better than I like Green Bay's roster you know I mean they've got you know number one overall picks a defensive end you know they've got Josh Gordon at receiver coming back from suspension I saw online recently a clip of his a highlight and he ran almost the entire length of the field and outran I don't know if it was a safety in a corner or two corners or what, but he is just towering over them. He's huge, and he just runs like Randy Moss. Like, he outran two tiny little cornerbacks, like, literally the entire length of the field. It blew my mind. (laughs) I heard somebody describe him as a player that you could only create in a football game. I was going to say, like, on Madden. (laughs) Yep. Yep, and it's so yeah. true. You know, you look at him, and he's just physically imposing. I mean, he is a big guy, and like you said, he's fast, he's strong, he can catch. You know, if he had his head on straight, we'd be talking about him as possibly the greatest wide receiver in the NFL today. 
I can't believe like his whole career is just being deleted by weed. It's I I don't understand it. I don't understand how he can be so dumb. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It's you've got this opportunity. You lived through Corderell Patterson. You can't believe how these guys can be dumb. Oh sometimes. yeah, Percy Harvin and. You know, yeah. I was a fan of the Vikings back in Ontario Smith days when he got busted in the airport with a fake dick in his luggage called the Wizenator. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh. So I understand it. You know, it's just one of those things. I mean, he's 27 years old. You know, he's missed out. I mean, how many seasons now has he missed? He was drafted in what, 2012? So, you know, He's still got. He's got fresh legs, though. He does. He hasn't been hit for what four years, something like that. You know, he does. He certainly has. A... Man, I just I don't know what to think about him. Like I said, if he had his head on straight, I think we'd be talking about him as one of the greatest in the game today. But you just don't know. You don't know if he's he seems be there. like a he seems like a patriot just waiting to happen. You think so? Like that's who they take all the time. <laughs> They did that, like, speaking of Randy Moss, they did that with Randy Moss. Randy Moss wasn't doing anything in Oakland. Yep. But anyway, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, no, uh, NFC North. The Lions, uh, I have number three as well. Um, you know, you were talking about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is the man. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers is the best in the game. Matt Stafford, he hasn't had the organization. Um or some of the talent around him that Aaron Rodgers has. Uh, there was an earlier episode that I was on, and we were talking about some of the clutch stats for quarterbacks. And Matt Stafford is leading by far uh, the league in game-winning drives. He does like four game-winning drives-ish per year, which is crazy. Um, and bringing in Patricia, I don't know. I'm kind of – because I live in Denver – kind of weary of bringing in new england uh coaches but if if he can beef up their defense then the lions might be pretty dangerous in the next couple of years here completely agree you know there's a reason that the uh the detroit lions are called the cardiac cats because even if they're down in the fourth quarter when you've got stafford there and you know, Marvin Jones finished, I believe, as the fourth best wide receiver as far as fantasy production. I was going to say, he was sneaky, wasn't he, last year? Yeah. Sneaky. Good. He's just, you know, and they've got Golden Tate. Um, you know, they've got some electric running backs that can catch, and they brought in LeGarrette Blunt this year uh, to be the the short yardage goal line back. Uh, I just think that offense is, is solid. They've got some really good pieces on Darius Slay at corner, um, you know, just the first one that comes to mind. But they've got some really good pieces there on defense. And I, I think that they're another team that most people are are overlooking. You don't hear about them a lot, but they're just – they're solid. Do you have any chance of finishing over the Packers, though? I mean, you're talking about pieces. The Packers brought in – they brought in Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Packers did bring in Jimmy Graham. The problem with that in, to me, and I love Jimmy Graham. I think he was great in New Orleans. I think he was decent in Seattle. And on paper, he looks like a match made in heaven for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. My memory instantly goes back to 
it seems like every year the Packers try to bring in a new tight end. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Jared Cook a couple years ago. Uh, Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett. They have these tight ends that they bring in that on paper look like they're just going to be one of the best tight end quarterback combinations in the league. Yeah. Seems like that happens every year. They talk about and they yep they never do anything, and I think Jimmy Graham is more talented than Martellus Bennett or Jared Cook or any of those other guys they've brought in. I don't see him being somebody to to fear in the NFC. I'm in agreement with you that the Bears are going to finish last. Um, everybody seems to be super high on the Bears this off season, but. I have a bad taste in my mouth with the Bears, and without even thinking hard about it, I just feel like they're going to be last. What kind of record do you think they're going to finish with? So we didn't even talk about this. the the records that they're projecting through Sports Illustrated: Vikings thirteen and three, Packers twelve and four, Lions eight and eight, Bears four and twelve. Uh, I could see the Bears finishing right around there. You've got them about four and twelve, huh? Their schedule is kind of soft, but again, like you were saying, they're in the in the north, and they're just going to get beat up by the Vikings, Packers, and Lions all year long. I think. So yeah, I would put them definitely under five hundred. What's Vegas telling you for Chicago's win total? The over under is set at six and a half. Six and a half. Okay, that's right about where pretty, I've got I, I would take a pretty hard under on that one. Okay, that that would be a tough one. I think I think Vegas is is pretty pretty close uh that's right right around the area that i've got them and like you said being in the nfc north is not doing them any favors so you know you put them in another division you've got a different story but in the nfc north going against vikings packers lions it's going to be a tough year for the bears but i will say they're a young team Trubisky's shown some flashes, and uh i really think that we'll be talking about them more um in a couple years you know, that's six losses right there. I don't see them winning a single game in the North. Well, it's tough. You know, it's tough to go into Soldier Field, go into Chicago late in the season, cold, windy, and and play. Um, yeah, but I mean, you're talking about Green Bay, Detroit, Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all right with the cold. Detroit and Minnesota play inside. They practice outside. They do. They do. It's true. It's. It's a different story, you know, and you kind of have a, a, an unfair advantage being an outdoor team, especially in a you know city like Chicago, uh, when a dome team comes and plays you. Even if it's you know Minnesota winners, we you know I personally I know you know how bad they can be, and so the players in the NFC North, the other teams are used to it. But when you've got to go, you've got to play and be out there for hours. It's uh, it's a whole different beast. Now, we turn our attention to the NFC West. Now, the NFC West, for years, has been a division dominated by the Seattle Seahawks. It's been Seattle and everybody else for as long as I can remember. When I went through here and I looked at the West and I looked at the teams and I looked at their schedules, the funny thing is Seattle is actually dead last in that division for me. I think Russell Wilson is a magician. I think uh, they've got... They still have some good pieces on defense, but I think that team as a whole 
is just imploding. When you when you get rid of Richard Sherman, uh, you let Sheldon Richardson walk. Uh, Michael Bennett is gone. Um, Jimmy Graham is gone. They've let a lot of pieces walk this this past offseason, and it's not going to get any better. I think that uh, Pete Carroll is a good coach. You don't really realize it, but he's actually one of the oldest coaches in the NFL. And I just I see him losing control of that team, and I see them. Tumbling down. I agree. I think the Seahawks are in for a rude awakening. So, as far as the order goes that I have these teams in, I've got the Los Angeles Rams winning that division, winning the NFC West. Jared Goff, I'm not 100% sold on him, but I do believe he's a good quarterback. I think he's young. I think Sean McVay is a perfect coach for him. He's young. He's got a great offensive mind. They've got Todd Gurley at running back. Uh, They've got some great wide receivers. They've got some really good pieces on defense when you talk about Aaron Donald sitting right next to Indomitian Sue. That team as a whole, you know, they traded. They got Marcus Peters from the Chiefs, uh, Aqib Tlaib from the Broncos. Um, That defense is pretty stacked. That offense is really, really good. And I just don't see any team in the West being able to take out the Rams. What do you think? That defense is looking nasty. <laughs> Wade Phillips is the best defensive coordinator in the league. They added at like every level. I'm not sold on Goff either. I think he's a system guy, but luckily he found himself in a good system. I love Todd Gurley. Yep. They have so when I started thinking about this division and I was thinking about how awesome the Rams are gonna be, and I was thinking they got the best defense, <laughs> they got the best this, they got the best that, I came to running back and I was like, they got the best running back, and then I thought about wait a second, because the team that you and I both probably have second here, the 49ers, they just picked up somebody who we both know very well in Jarek McKinnon. And they have Kyle Shanahan, who is hmm. a magician when it comes to throwing the ball to running backs and the running game. And I could see him having a real big season there. I really like McKinnon. Um, loved him in Minnesota. Sad he left, but I totally understand. And I'm happy he went to a good spot. He got his money. He's going to get his carries. He's going to get his touches. Um, but I tell you what, there's there's a case to be made that neither Todd Gurley or Jarek McKinnon are the best running back in that division. Because we all like to forget David Johnson in Arizona. He was injured last year. But when he's healthy, he's got a case to be the best running back in that division. One of the best running backs in the entire NFL. You can't count him out. That's true. So... I'm right there with you. I've got the 49ers in second place uh, in the NFC West. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, There's a lot of people that believe he's the second coming of Tom Brady. I don't know about all that. But I think he's a good quarterback. I think, like you said, Kyle Shanahan, he's going to be solid there in San Francisco. Um, Unfortunately for him, week one of the 2018 NFL schedule – He's going to be going against the Minnesota Vikings. 
<laughs> not only is he going against the Minnesota Vikings, it is in Minnesota. I'm sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo, but your streak is going to stop at six or seven or whatever it is right now. I mean, he might have a big time coming out and surprise us, but if if I'm betting on that game, I'm I'm going Vikings. You, you have to, you know, and. Yeah, 49ers are good, like we talked about. Solid running back, solid quarterback, solid coach. He's going to be 7-1 entering week two. Got it. (laughs) David Johnson does have Sam Bradford throwing to him in Arizona, which when you hear it, it sounds like it's a bad thing, but I could see it being a good thing, honestly, because Bradford had that year in Minnesota where he set records for like highest completion percentage or something like that. And did, I don't know if he ever threw the ball more than 10 yards. And David Johnson is a great pass catching running back. He's great at catching the ball. Um, You know, you hear Sam Bradford and then you think of David Johnson and it's, it's funny because out of both players, they have maybe one good knee. Right. <laughs> That's what I was, was going to say. How many knees they got between right. the both of them. Right. So, but yes, uh, you know, Sam Bradford, when he's healthy, when you give him time in that pocket, is one of the greatest throwers of the football in the National Football League. Right. It, and it is Arizona. They got some weird voodoo witch doctors down there when it comes to the athletic like <laughs> medicine. Could be. So they go out in the desert and they find, you know, some, some yeah, cactus or some snake venom or something. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I really like Sam Bradford. Um, you know, they've got Josh Rosen uh, waiting in the wings, just kind of waiting for Sam Bradford to get hurt. I think Bradford will start the season. Uh, you know, we'll see if he can last. Uh, you know, you bring up his completion record and, uh, he did set the record. Uh, he broke Drew Brees' record for completion percentage of the season. And then Drew Brees the next season decided to say, hey, screw that. I want the record back. Uh, <laughs> so Bradford is number two in, in NFL history for completion percentage. But like you mentioned, he didn't throw the ball down the field that much. Uh, a big reason for that was the offensive line in Minnesota. Uh, it was atrocious. He didn't have any time back there. So it really was a, a game plan to get the ball out of his hands quick. But as we've seen from him, if he can stay healthy, he's he's a hell of a quarterback, and he's going to be great in Arizona. You got Larry Fitzgerald. You got David Johnson out of the backfield. I mean, they've got some solid pieces there in Arizona to work with. It'd be nice to see Larry win a Super Bowl. It really would. It really would. Um I always had a dream because Larry Larry Fitzgerald, uh, for those of you who don't know, grew up in Minneapolis and was actually a ball boy for the Minnesota Vikings when he was younger. Um, was it for Chris Carter? Uh, yeah. So there's there were times where he was a ball boy and uh, you know was interacting and learning from Chris Carter. And um, I don't know if he was there in the Rainy Moss days, but. Um, I've always had this dream of Larry Fitzgerald coming to Minnesota for one last year <laughs> and winning the Super Bowl with Minnesota. And uh but that's just cuz I'm a huge homer. So this is what's his contract up? So real quickly Larry Fitzgerald's contract is up after this season. Oh. He is what? 34 years old. He's unrestricted. Ah, oh, Larry he's you need to you need to send an email or something. 
<laughs> I need to make that Rick happen. Get Rick phone. <laughs> you got any sort of yeah. swing with this podcast here? Get him on the phone. You know, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Come on, Rick. Rick, make it happen, man. Come on. For real. I agree with Let's you on the Seahawks. It. It's looking bleak. The over-under for the Cardinals right now is five and a half. You know, I take the I take the over. I take the over too. Yeah. And the Seahawks are at eight. The Seahawks are at eight. This is like this is like recency bias or something. It has to be. Because I would go hard under on the Seahawks, and I would feel good about going over on the Cardinals. Yeah, it's hard to count the Seahawks out. It's you know, especially just Russell Wilson. He's just he's a great quarterback. I mean, they've had the worst offensive line in the NFL for years now. And Russell Wilson still gets it done. Um, limited pass catchers, limited running backs. You know, I mean, that offense is literally Russell Wilson and 10 other random dudes. Doug Baldwin. Yeah, you know, they've got Doug Baldwin. That's true. You know, he's he's decent. Um, and they just spent a first-round pick on a running back. Who knows what they're going to get every year there seems like there's some new running back that you're supposed to get excited about in Seattle and they never pan out but yeah besides that you know Seattle was Russell Wilson and the defense and that defense has taken many hits over the last couple years and I just don't being I mean Cam Chancellor just retired Um, Earl Thomas who knows what's going to happen with him he wants to be traded or given a a contract extension and uh, you know he's a great safety um but who knows what's going to happen with him? Richard Sherman's gone. Um, it's just so many pieces are, are missing or gone from that team that it's hard to see him winning many games this year. I only see one team in the in the NFC West making it to the playoffs, though, and that's the Rams. We are on to the NFC South. South uh, is going to be, to me, a very competitive division. And it seems like it is every year. I don't know how many years straight it was that there was a new winner in the NFC South. And you've got the Atlanta Falcons, you've got the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, those first three teams, you could make a case for any of them. Making it into the playoffs, uh, making it to the Super Bowl, if you want to go that far. All three of these teams uh, have a lot of really good pieces on them. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, spoiler alert, I've got them coming in dead last. (laughs) To me... It's going to be a race between the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints uh, for first place in that division uh, and making it into the playoffs. I've got the Atlanta Falcons winning it, but it's really a coin flip. I think uh, you know the Falcons showed us just two years ago that they're good enough to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that... Uh, you know they've got a good team. They've got a young defense. This got another year under its belt. They obviously have Julio Jones. Um, they first round pick Calvin Ridley out of Alabama. He's going to be a very good uh, piece to complement Julio Jones. It might take him a little while to get going. Most wide receivers do, but once they get going with that, Muhammad Sanu as well. I think the Atlanta Falcons are the team in the NFC South. What are you thinking, Kyle? 
I think the Falcons are really good. I think this might be the best division on the NFC. I know you like the North, but this one's pretty competitive. We had the we had the Lions going third in the North. So who are you taking? Who do you think is going to have a better season, the Panthers or the Lions? You know, I think the Lions. To be honest with you, I, I think the Lions are a better team. That's kind of that's kind of kind of bold. A little bit, you know. Uh, I don't think it's bold given what their rosters and coaching situations are like right now, but just kind of historically and recently how the teams have done, they would just be making a pretty decent jump if they had a better season, I think, than the Panthers. You know, and it, and it is tough. I Again, I think the North is a little bit better division than the South. I think the two divisions are close. Um I don't think that there's any debate that those are the two best conferences or the two best divisions in the NFC. And and it's going to be tough for those other teams to, to come out of the division because if you're Detroit, like you said, you've got to play Minnesota twice, Green Bay twice, even Chicago twice. And, you know, like we talked about, I think Chicago is going to be better than they were last year in a team on the rise. And in the South, you know, if you're the Panthers, you're sitting here looking at the Falcons twice, the Saints twice. Even the Bucks twice in divisional games, anything can happen. So, you know, these teams are essentially going to be beaten up on each other. Just because Jacob's not here, I'm going to say the Saints are going to win this division. <laughs> he's going to be back. He's going to be mad, but that's okay. He's not here. His ears just pricked up in New York City. <laughs> right. His spidey sense is tingling right now. He doesn't know why. Um, <laughs> see, I, I, I honestly, when I looked through here, I had the Falcons and the Saints with identical records at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. that's how, speaking of that, the predictions that we've been looking at with Sports Illustrated both have the Saints and Falcons going 12-4. and 12-4? Yeah, Bovada has the Saints over under at 9.5 and, and the Falcons at 9. So it's going to be some stiff competition, that's for sure. And I would certainly take the over on both of those um, if I were a betting man. Which I am, uh, <laughs> you know. I'm. I don't know if I can get behind Sports Illustrated with twelve and four. I, I I see both of those teams in the eleven and five range. That's what I've got them both predicted to finish eleven and five. Yeah, I think they'll both finish right around there as well. They actually have the Panthers finishing at eleven and five as well with an over under of nine. So right up there with them. Yeah, and I've got the Panthers actually nine and seven. Uh, that was kind of my uh, my final prediction on their record. So I really like Alvin Kamara, but the Falcons have Devonta Freeman. Yep, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. The Saints' defense, I think, is going to be a little better, which is is weird to say because to me, I don't associate New Orleans Saints. With good defense, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's just never been, been Drew Brees. Yeah. No. Now I think uh, I would give the edge to Drew Brees at quarterback over Matt Ryan. Hmm. I just think Drew Brees is phenomenal in the things that he's able to do. Here's the argument, though. I think Matt Ryan can get better still, and I don't think Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees can only decline. Really. Okay. His numbers have been steadily declining across the board. I don't want to say steadily declining, but I think last year his numbers were down across the board. You know, and they were. Um, 
but so when I look at Drew Brees and I look at his stats last year compared to stats from years previous, the reason that he didn't need those big stats is because he had Alvin Kamara and uh, Ingram running the ball, and he had a defense that was actually decent. When you've got that he didn't need to put the team on his back and carry it like he has done in years previous. So that's what I attribute those decrease in stats, if you will. We're writing off the Panthers here and I don't, I don't want to write them off. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I feel like they can take this division. I don't think they will, but I think they can. Besides Cam Newton. And I know they've got Christian McCaffrey at running back at, I could go either way on him, to be honest with you. I just, who do the Panthers have? Who do they have that if your team is playing the Carolina Panthers, besides Cam Newton, who do you say, we really need a game plan for this player? You know, I think Carolina's got a little bit better roster than, you know, like the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. But they are another team that goes where the quarterback goes. What do you think about Cam Newton in Cleveland? Can he bring Cleveland to the Super Bowl like we were so confident Aaron Rodgers could? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Because you've seen Aaron Rodgers take Green Bay to the Super Bowl. And I think Carolina's roster is a little bit better than Green Bay's. And Cam Newton's gotten there. Um, he went a couple of years ago. Yep. He was there a couple of years ago. And who did they have I just, then? Cam Newton. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's tough. I don't see Cam Newton as that player. I, I think he's got the, the ability. He's got the talent. If he were to put it all together like he did a couple of years ago when the Panthers were in the Super Bowl, it can certainly happen. I just don't see him as a player that you know is able to do that, play in and play out throughout the season. What are your thoughts on the Bucks, who we both have coming in last in the South? Oof, oof, not a fan of the Bucks. I, I think the Bucks are going to be fighting for the number one overall pick. I don't think they're going to get it, but I think they're going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft next year. Um, Jameis Winston, you know, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. Um, And then you combine that with all of the off field incidents. I mean, do the bucks just move on from him or, you know, it's, it's tough. The NFL obviously is a business you you've got all of this coming out and every once in a while you'll have an event that is so damaging that it runs the player out of the NFL if he didn't have these off-field immaturity issues there's no doubt that the bucks would feel comfortable that he was their franchise quarterback for the next you know decade plus I don't think that the Bucks move on from him just because they spent the number one overall pick on him. He's 24 years old. He's young. They're hoping he can learn, you know, and, and you know, change his ways. I don't see that happening, but I also don't see the, the Bucks abandoning ship, if you will. So looking at the playoff picture, 
I've got Eagles, the number one seed. I've got the Vikings in the number two seed. Both teams getting the bye. I see it working out very similar to last year. I think the the Vikings end up going to Philadelphia, NFC Championship game. I want to say the Vikings win this time. Yeah, we'll see, right? I don't have a lot of confidence in them being able to go to Philly and beat them in January. The NFC is tough this year. The NFC is very tough. You know, I have... All right, so after Eagles and Vikings, I've got Rams at the third seed, Falcons in the fourth seed, and then probably just looking at this, Green Bay and New Orleans as, as the five and six. There are so there are other teams that you could, if you said you've got the Panthers in the playoffs, I'm not going to disagree with you. You say you got the 49ers there. I'm not going to disagree with you. You know, even somebody like Detroit, who I think is going to be pretty good this year, I could see them being sneaky. But again, Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Falcons, Packers, and Saints as the two wild card teams. Any of those teams can make the make the Super Bowl. And the crazy part about it is that. The top four teams that I have in the NFC, again, Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Falcons. For the most part, those teams are all young. They've got really good cores. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Now, anything can happen in the NFL, sure. But when you look at those four teams, I don't see them they're going to be playoff contenders for the foreseeable future. And I think the NFC is just loaded with talent. What are you thinking for playoff uh, positioning there, Kyle? In no particular order. Eagles, Vikings, Saints, Rams, Falcons, Packers. And with the exception of the Packers, I could see any five of those teams getting the number one seed. Yeah, it's entirely possible. So we're very similar as far as our projections here. And I, I think I think those six teams are the teams to beat. Let me ask you, who's a team in the NFC that nobody is giving a shot to make the playoffs that you could see possibly sneaking in there? Maybe the Lions might be a fun, like you mentioned. Nobody really has any sort of expectations for them. But who knows? Maybe Alex Smith works out really well in Washington and the Redskins sneak in. They've kind of been flirting with the playoffs for what feels like a decade now. You know, and the funny thing here is that the two teams that I was thinking about, Detroit and Washington, right? But you already got those. You already got those. We won't talk about the Panthers or the 49ers because – those teams are going to be in the conversation for playoffs as it is. If I had to pick a team, not the ones mentioned, that could possibly make the playoffs, I'm going to go Arizona Cardinals. I think if they can keep Sam Bradford healthy and upright, which <laughs> is not an easy thing, okay? <clears throat> Everything has to go right for Arizona. But if they keep Sam Bradford healthy, they've got a good enough offense 
And their defense is, is not great. It's taken some hits in the recent years. But I can see them sneaking in to those playoffs and getting in as a sixth seed and doing some damage. I think that's kind of been Sam Bradford's story of his entire career. Is If he stays healthy, then yeah, he'll have a good season. gentlemen that is it for us here at the third long podcast for myself uh, and kyle well, i just want to say thank you for tuning in today listening to us ramble on don't forget to follow me on twitter at jordan wright nfl again i appreciate you listening have a good rest of your day